Looking back to go forwards, the Eagles had a dismal season last year. A mixture of form, injuries, COVID meant that the team never really got going, and as a result, they finished 17th, winning two games. One of those wins was very early in the year, and the other came much later against Essendon at home. They're a much stronger team at home. Tom Barras made the All-Australian squad, but didn't make the team. Not surprising from a team that came second last. They didn't have a single uh, Rising Star nomination. Their biggest finisher in the Brownlow was Josh Kennedy, who polled six votes and finished 61st. And he was also their highest finisher in the Coleman, 22nd with 37 goals. Not a good side, considering he's now retired. Uh, the best and fairest winner was Tom Barras, unsurprising, considering his All-Australian finish. Now, over the off-season, we saw a couple of list changes from West Coast. Josh Kennedy retired, Jack Redden retired, Junior Rioli was traded to Port Adelaide, and a bunch of delistings, but not really any notable players. Jackson Nelson was the guy that played the most games out of them, but they've got a lot of similar, like, halfback types, and he wasn't anything special. They brought in Jaden Hunt through free aid agency, which I think is a good pickup for their team, but would like to have seen them be more active in the trade and free agency space, given where their team is at. Looking at their list profile, they've got a lot of older players. The vast majority of their experience is in their sort of 30 and plus age players. And even if you look at their team, it's pretty much all their best 22 is basically all players that are 27, 28 and above. Uh, through the trade period, they did some good dealing. They originally had picked two due to that um, 17th ladder position. They traded that to get in two first-round picks, and they used those two first-round picks to pick the two top West Australian prospects in Ruben Jinby and Elijah Hewitt. Oh, Jed Bustlinger actually went around that range as well. But they're probably not looking for a key defender at the moment. They need to bring in some good quality midfielders, and that's what they did. Ruben Jinby, he's a really, really big super athletic midfielder. He blitzed the combine trials for the draftees coming through this year. Like he ran in the top 10 for the 20 meter sprint and the vertical jump. He's big. He's ready for AFL physically. And he's just a really strong inside midfielder. Kicks the ball long, but his strength is his contested possession winning um, around the contest. And Elijah Hewitt, he's also quite physically capable. Played one game in the reserves and average... Th uh, had 30 touches, so averaged 30 touches in the Waffle Reserves, and then he played a bunch of games at senior level, had about 10 touches per game there, but showed that he could play against mature men. He's a much more explosive midfielder. So Jinby's your real hard worker, first possession, feeding it out by hand. Elijah Hewitt is more the guy that'll get that second disposal. He's got the pace and the explosiveness to break tackles, burst out the front of stoppage, and he's more of a goal-kicking midfielder maybe not as good defensively as Jimby is. Jimby's also a really strong tackler, so he'll bring that to the AFL side. Harry Barnett was touted as the best Ruckman in the crop. I can't really judge Ruckman that well, especially at, at a younger age. Um, but those were the raps that he's quite mobile and uses the ball well, potentially a long-term replacement for Nick Natanui. Kobe Burgoyle is um, a really nippy, skillful flanker will probably play either a half-back flank or a half-forward flank, but kicks the ball really well, takes the game on with his run, and is a very aggressive player with the ball in hand. No long, very smart, uh, small forward. I thought he would go in the first two or three rounds, so surprised to see him go this late, but just a natural forward, knows where the goals are, and knows how to finish goals, and that's all you really need. Clean, crumbs at ground level, maybe a bit on the smaller side at the moment, so probably we'll have to wait a little bit for a debut, but... 
the talk coming out of West Coast has been he's been really impressive and could be pressing for a debut. And then Jordan Baker and Terrell Dewar were their Cat B rookies coming out of Western Australia. I'm I'm not sure they would have been drafted if they were in the open draft pool personally. So they're more development guys, but they had access to them. They probably know the system a little bit better. Overall, I really like their draft hall. I think it's good. I like that they split pick two. They didn't risk pick because all of the top prospects in the draft were Victorians. They didn't risk wasting their pick two on a Victorian who might want to head home after a couple of years. They split that pick, got in two West Australians, no go home factor. And I think it just gives you more opportunities to hit with that pick. I think that they've got Njinbi, definitely a good player. And if Hewitt can bring a more rounded game, I think he's going to be a really good player and a genuine match winner if he can put everything together. I would like to see them bring in maybe a few more mature guys, but they're going to have to do it through free agency. Josh Kennedy retiring frees up a little bit of salary cap. Maybe that's how they brought in Jaden Hunt. Um, but as these 30-year-olds continue to retire, I would love to see them as a massive club in WA target potentially WA players, but just target players to bring them in on free agency to boost out that list. They're not going to be spending much of their salary cap at the moment. As these guys are retiring, they don't have many other guys that they'll be paying much. So target with free agency, don't trade, keep your draft picks, just hit the draft hard. There's plenty of good players that come out of WA over the last five or so years and just hit the draft, hit free agencies. It's going to be a slow burn though, because as we get into this team, there's really not many good young players on this list. So I've put together a bit of a best 22. This is how I see them lining up in round one. Injuries permitting. Got Jaden Hunt coming in as a free agent. He adds a lot of run to that back line, which is something they've lacked. They've said they want to play a little bit faster, but I've watched the practice matches. I can't see that. Maybe a couple of plays here and there, but they just want to chip the ball around and Honestly, I don't think it's the way to go. All the teams are playing faster and faster. They're just giving oppositions more time to set up in defense. And it's not really teaching their young guys anything anyway, because all of their experienced players are in defense. So you've just got your 30-year-olds running around, chipping the ball backwards and forwards, um, delaying the inevitable when they turn it over, and then they either have to win it back or they concede a goal. So Jaden Hunt's a guy that doesn't quite play like that. He does take the game on. I think that's why they brought him in. But he's also probably underrated for how strong he is defensively. He's a strong body and he really locks down. He's clean and he makes pretty good decisions. He's a pretty good ball user and as well as that pace, which is probably what he's known for. Brass, All-Australian, really, really good key defender. Lock down on the big boy and give McGovern at centre-half uh, back some more room to intercept. McGovern will lock down, obviously, but ideally he's freed up to intercept. Even though Brass can do it too, McGovern is elite at that, and that's how he made his name and became a multiple All-Australian defender. Shannon Hearn can, can, continues to go and continues to be one of their better players, is their designated ball user. I think it's a little bit concerning that he does feel the need and the club feels the need for him to play on. Even though he's playing well, probably doesn't bode well for someone like Alex Witherden, who I don't even have in the best 22 and only played 30% game time in the practice match, which shows that I don't think they rate him. He's touted as an elite ball user, but me watching him, he offers nothing defensively. I think that's pretty well known, but he turns the ball over all the time in really dangerous positions. And for a guy that that's meant to be his skill... I just don't think he's consistent enough kicking the footy. Liam Duggan, a guy, high-ish draft pick. I think he was a first-round pick, one of few in this Eagles team. I haven't really seen anything because he's just played that half-back role, sweeping backwards and forwards, getting marks. I, yeah, I would love to see him 
try a little bit more in his game, throw him in the midfield, just see what he's got. Because at the moment with the role he's playing, we haven't really seen what he's capable of, but he's just sort of chugged along to almost 150 AFL games. McGovern touched on elite when he's on and looked really good in the preseason. This defense is quite solid, especially the key defenders. So I can see them competing quite strongly. There's going to be lots of inside 50s coming in. Um, they should be able to cope relatively well, but I just don't want them to be chipping the ball around. Luke Shuey, another guy similar to Hunt that they've brought in. He was already in the squad. He's the captain but they look like they've pushed him to halfback, trying to add a little bit more run. Once again, though, in the practice match, I didn't see it. It looks like he's got his agility back, which is good from a fitness point of view, and he was trying a little bit to get something going, but they're just so stagnant at the moment, West Coast, and yeah, I'd love to see them move the ball. Although, yeah, it could be. Um, they did win their first game against Port Adelaide, and that second trial game against Adelaide, Adelaide were really good. So potentially, they're just really strong defensively and locked down the ground, but... You know, I'd love to see them take a few more risks. Moving into the midfield, starting in the ruck, Nat Nui obviously is starting ruckman. He's one of the best ruckmen in the comp, but just isn't able to get on the park as often as he would like. When he is on, elite tap ruckman and elite clearance ruckman at ground level, his only deficiency would be getting around the ground and taking marks, which a lot of the good ruckmen do provide that option down the line for a contested mark to relieve the pressure or dropping back and taking intercept marks. He doesn't do that, but what he does around the stoppage is elite when he's up and about. Um, Yo comes back into the team after missing quite a lot. He's that first-touch midfielder, strong, provides clearance. He can distribute by hand, being a first-touch guy. He can also break tackles and get out the front and kick long. So he's really damaging when he's on. Hopefully, he can get back to that best. Looks like he's working back into it, but will take a little bit after a really interrupted couple of years. Tim Kelly, he's, for me, he's a finisher. He's not the kind of guy that will win games off his own back, but if the midfield's getting on top, he can be that classy guy that really makes sure they're getting the most value for clearances because he's he's a really good kick and he can kick goals. When he was at Geelong, he was kicking lots of goals, but I think he needs a lot of support in there to be the best player that he can. He had that support at Geelong. He hasn't had that at West Coast through a variety of reasons. Dom Sheed looks like he's also playing inside mid. For me, even though he's capable, I would prefer him playing more on the wing instead of Chesser, but they, it looks like they don't quite have that luxury. Potentially, Shuey moving into the midfield could free Sheed up to go into the wing. Touched on Chesser. He was relatively high draft pick, I think pick 14 two years ago. Didn't play at all, did an ankle in the preseason. There was lots of hype coming out of him. He's a real meters gain guy. He's quick, he can break a tackle, and he kicks really long. I didn't quite see the class that maybe you'd want to see from an outside winger in the preseason game, but maybe he's just getting the feel of it. Once again, hasn't played AFL. The pressure, as I mentioned, in that Adelaide game was really, really high. So if he settles, hopefully they give him that opportunity. But at the moment, he's a real fringe guy for me. Could potentially be dropped for someone like a Greg Clark, who just provides a lot more defensively, even though he can't kick the footy nearly as well. And Andrew Gaff, stalwart, been one of the better wingers over the last 10 years. He was a high draft pick. I think he was a pick three back in 2009. Did that make him 30? Yeah, about that. 2009, 2000, oh, 2010, I think, Andrew uh, David Swallow's draft. Uh, he just runs up and down the wing all day. Endurance is his skill. He just doesn't make mistakes with the footy. He never does anything sensational, but he's rock solid. He's always in the right place, and he's very, very reliable. So that's their midfield group. The worry that I see with West Coast is 
this should be almost their strongest line, this and their defenders, but they don't really look that competitive at the moment in there. I can put that down to lacking synergy. Nat Nui wasn't there, so they were relying on a really young Ruckman in Jamison in the practice match. If Natanui is there, maybe they can be a little bit more proactive and start getting those damaging clearances. But at the moment, I think they look a little bit too loose. They look like they haven't played much football, which they haven't, and not defensively strong enough around the contest. And forward line, this is where you start to see a little bit of youth, but even so, it's not that encouraging. Oscar Allen is the real shining light in this team. He's what they've pinned their hopes on for the future. And he showed signs in the preseason games that he will live up to that potential. He's got really strong hands, long arms, but very, very agile and kicks the footy really well. Only concern is potentially their ball movement, which I've touched on already, being too slow, getting out of defense, doesn't give him any opportunities. So, you know, when, when your hopes and dreams are pinned on this young key forward, you want to get it in there as quick as possible and give him the best opportunity. Darling didn't play preseason, but he's shown in the past when Josh Kennedy isn't in the team, he can be a dominant forward and... He's pivotal. He really needs to support, play that centre-half forward role, pushing up the ground and provide a target so the Eagles can move with speed and confidence to get the ball in with, into Allen. Petricelli, obviously quick. That's mentioned a lot. I think he does have a bit of class, though. And he's a guy, he's younger than I expected and he hadn't get, been given quite as many opportunities. Only played about 50 games. I think he's still finding his feet. He could be a very damaging player. Uh, Jamie Cripps is probably one of the more underrated players in the competition. Just rock-solid half-forward flanker, runs up and down the flanks all day, providing link-up play. He's also a good finisher, tackles well as well. So he's just reliable, although pushing 30, as are most of these West Coast players. Liam Ryan, he's a bit younger than I thought he was, mature age draftee, only been in the system for five or so years. I think he was 2017 draft getting up towards those 100 games now, but at his best highlight reel, can take a specky, um, can kick a great goal. He's pivotal, I think, in their link-up play, coming off that half-forward flank. If they can find him, he generally creates something moving inside 50. He's a really good kick inside 50, and he's dynamic. Just offers a point of difference, and I think the forwards would like leading to him because he can unsettle the defenders with the way that he moves and the way that he can pass the footy. And then Jermaine Jones, I've got in there, is another crumbing forward. Between him and Jake Waterman, um, personally, though, I think just add a little bit more speed, he will take on the game more than Waterman. Waterman is a straight lines forward. Um, with Darling not in the team, I think, yeah, that's why he played in the preseason game. But with Darling and Allen in the team, I think potentially add a smaller, nippier guy, get around the feet and push up the ground more, try and create a little bit of run and carry coming out of the midfield. Moving on to the interchange, Tom Cole just seems like a reliable defender. Surprising he's only played 80-odd 80, 80 games at 25 years of age, but that's probably due to how settled and experienced their defence has been over the last couple of years. Ruben Jinby comes straight into the team after being drafted, 100% ready for AFL level, was very, very impressive and probably the one shining light in the preseason match. Strong, playing inside mid and half back, but the way he's able to compete physically around the stoppages is very impressive. Clean with his hands and just looks calm. When everyone else was getting rattled by the Adelaide pressure, he was the one guy where he would get the footy, take that split second to hit a target. Very impressive from a first-year player. Callum Jamison I've got on the bench purely because Nick Nat just doesn't play enough minutes. Potentially could be um, not Williams. Oh, it is Bailey Williams. Yeah, they've got Jack Williams as well, who's a younger key forward, but Bailey Williams. Bailey Williams looks more physically ready, but Jamison potentially has a little bit more class and could develop into a more complete Ruckman. And Barnett obviously coming through as well, their first year player. 
Xavier O'Neill, I think they need to start getting some games into these younger midfielders. And even though Greg Clark probably would be more competitive right now, Xavier O'Neill has got more promise to be a classier player in the future with his ball use. And then Brady Hoff, I think, is the perfect sub because he's really flexible. 190 centimetres, he can almost play as a sort of third tall defender, can play on the flank, uses the ball well, can play on the wing, push maybe a winger inside or play halfback, push Shui or Yo into the midfield. One thing I should touch on is it looks like they're going to be rotating one of their midfielders across halfback. So they'll have a three-way rotation between Jinbi, Yo and Shui. One of them playing halfback, one on the interchange and one in the midfield rotating those guys through. So one of them will be providing a little bit of run, one of them providing the inside grunt and one of them resting. But I think Hoff potentially, as a sub, if he goes to halfback, you could move that midfielder into the midfield if you need inside coverage. He could go directly onto the wing. He could also replace a halfback. Uh, can't play forward, but, you know, I think he's as close to being the ideal substitute as you could get. Moving on to the depth chart, I guess, uh, or these are the rest of the players in the squad. Just a few guys I wanted to touch on. Already mentioned Witherden, uh, already mentioned Clark. Petrovsky seaton I think he, he might just end up being one of those top draft picks. There are lots of them, top 10 picks, that just doesn't come on for whatever reason. Classy, but just never got settled. Maybe not quite physically competitive enough at AFL level. Waterman is a really reliable hit-up forward and could potentially come in, as I mentioned, if they're relying too much on Darling and Allen as those tall targets. Rotham did play in the preseason game, but he was playing as a half or as a sort of center half forward and chop out in the ruck because they didn't have any of the rucks available to partner with Jamison. I think he's also fringe best 22. Bailey Williams was a little bit of a niggling injury kept him out of that preseason game. And I think potentially he is better than Jamison, but Nick Nat obviously first choice. Williams, I think provides a little bit more marking target forward. So they could go him over Jamison. It's just... Yeah, interesting whether they want to go the guy who's more ready at the moment or the guy that potentially provides a bit more longer term. Luke Foley seems to be really reliable, tough guy, tackles well, um, just not sure he's the direction they're moving in at the moment. Connor West, similar, runs hard, tackles well, ball use is an issue. Luke Edwards, haven't really seen much, to be honest, can't comment. I think he was a mid-season draftee. Now, Rhett Bazo, I think he's a guy with potential. He's a key defender. So I'll get to it soon, but basically what I want to see from West Coast this year is I want to see them sort of earmark their spine for the next 20 or so years. Well, that's a long time. Um, I was thinking 20 minutes for the video, but the next 5, 10, 15 years because they've got guys in that position, all 30. Allen is their lockdown full forward for the next 10 years, but Darling's 30. They need to find a centre-half forward. They need to find a fullback, a centre-half back, maybe even a third tall. So I think Bazo, I want to see him get a few games. If there's an injury, obviously he'll come in, but try him out, see what he's capable of. He potentially could swing forward, but he looks more comfortable as a defender. You've got Jack Williams, who he also could provide a key tall. He was two years ago, drafted, I think, second round. Um, kicked a lot of goals in the Waffle Colts, but generally the big guys do. Now, I'm not really sure if he's up to it, but you've got to find out somehow. Elijah Hewitt, I think he's definitely part of their future, but not at all. Harry Barnett could be that Ruckman. Um, and Harry Edwards, he's a guy that I'm actually really excited about as a key defender. Reminds me of Noah Bolter. I think he's got a lot of potential. Just raw athleticism. Um, yeah, it could be anything, but he needs to be something. I'll lock him down. I would love to see him play key defense. Learning the game like Bolter. 
Uh, you can try them forward, but they might get a little bit lost. Give him a starting point, and he can just try and beat that opponent with his athleticism and physicality, learn the game a little bit more, and then you never know, maybe he'll turn into a forward. Jai Cully is a guy that had a little bit of talk about him coming into this year. Mid-season drafty last year, had very high tackle numbers, but not really winning many much outside ball. In the NAB League in the year that he was drafted, he was kicking almost two goals a game, bursting from stoppage and kicking long goals with his left foot. Didn't show that at AFL level, so it might take a little bit more development, but apparently had a massive preseason, and I'm expecting we'll see him a little bit later in the year. Um, and Bergil and Long I've touched on as well. I think they're both classy players who'll find themselves in the West Coast Best 22 before too long. Overall prediction for the Eagles, I've got them finishing 12th to 16th. I was fairly bullish on them just because I thought they've got so many players coming back in. Last year was as bad as a year could have gone with how their availability, injuries, all those sorts of things, no continuity in the team. I thought that like surely they'll get better. I think the issue is maybe they think that as well. And they've gone into the season with the attitude of, oh, like we'll definitely improve. We've got all these good players coming back, all Australians, premiership players. It, it Potentially they haven't, they haven't done anything else. They're just relying on all these players coming back. They'll immediately become more competitive. But with the way I saw them play, not sure they will. They might beat up on a few teams at home. That That's the only thing that I've got them uh, stopping them from finishing in the bottom two at the moment is the massive home ground advantage at West Coast. Is that if they meet a similar sort of bottom, bottom four, bottom six team at home, they'll beat them. But if not for that, I'd be really worried. Uh, status is, they, they need to be rebuilding. Um... They were a little bit delusional probably in the last couple of years thinking that they could contend and um, they, yeah, again, maybe that home ground advantage plays into that. They finish higher on the ladder than you probably deserve to and their game style just isn't sustainable in finals with their uncontested chipping around. They've sort of lost the ability to be a really good contested team. All-Australian squad, I think McGovern is a chance. He looked really good in the preseason, back to his intercepting best, and the ball's going to be down there a lot. And I think Jack Darling, as I mentioned before, has been immense when Kennedy's out of the team. But he yeah, he was pretty good at the end of last year as well. And if he can get to fitness, um, he's going to... I reckon he's almost going to be that main guy over Oscar Allen. More experienced, he's done it before. I think he could have a big year. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping he has a good year. I like him as a player. I think he's quite underrated. Really good set shot for goal. Not really relevant. Uh, Rising star, I think Ruben Jinby is is by far the favourite out of the West Coast Eagles. Not favourite overall. And Elijah Hewitt could get a nomination late in the year if he comes into the team and does some exciting things, which he did in uh, one of the preseason games. But Jinby, I think, will play 10 to 15 games and be really impressive as a first-year player, how competitive he is physically. The Brownlow, best chances, yo. No one on the West Coast is going to win a Brownlow. Um, pretty confident of that. And Coleman, I think same deal. They're, they're going to struggle, but Darling, I think, will kick more goals than Oscar Allen, who's the only threat to him. Best and fairest, I think McGovern, similar reasoning to the All-Australian squad, but could be Yo if he ha- if he has a solid year or, or Barras or Darling, any number of them. And a pass mark for me, I think it's not about the ladder position. Almost think they, yeah, they just need to reshape how they're playing the game. They need to com- uh, commit to rebuilding get games into these younger guys. And at the end of this year, I want to see, like it sounds bad to say, I want to see some retirements and make tough list decisions and really start moving towards youth because at the moment, they've got no real promising players apart from Oscar Allen between 26 and 20. And that's a really bad position to be in if you're a team that's coming 17th. I want them to move the ball faster, 
it's just a waste of time chipping it around the back line when you're losing and when you've got these younger players in the midfield and up forward. You need to teach them how to move the footy. You need to get the footy in their hands instead of your 30-year-olds kicking it between themselves. And I really want to see progress from the young tools, as I mentioned before. I want to see what the spine is going to look like in five years when these other guys have retired. So Harry Edwards, want to see him come on. Rhett Bazo, Oscar Allen, obviously, as well. And whoever is sort of winning that battle to be the backup ruck to Nick Nat out of Jamison and Bailey Williams. Overall, it's pretty bleak, to be honest, from West Coast. I've watched, just kept watching that preseason match over and over again. Um, and it was, it was uninspiring. And I'm really worried about this team. Got to be honest. Thanks for listening. <laughs>